Welcome to Reconsider. I'm Bill Hartman. This is the podcast to challenge you to ask better questions, to look beyond traditional models of thinking and arrive at better health and fitness solutions. So, 10th of 21 happened. Scott Steeler. It did. Yes. Um, The first intensive house. Yeah. The intensive that didn't take place in Fishers, Indiana. (laughs) Yeah. That was weird. Bill had had an itch he could not scratch behind his eyes all weekend trying to (laughs) wonder why he felt a certain way, not being in his, his office in his house. Yes. It was very weird. It was very weird. Yeah. No, it, no. It worked out great. Yeah, it, it, went, it, it went really well. Pleasantly surprised, actually. Yeah. Really good group of folks. I, I got to say something for one attendee. The pool was heated. <laughs> <laughs> the inside just joke in case, of, the, yeah. of, the, of the weekend. The pool there was, was heated. heated pool. Yeah. There was yes. a heated pool. There was a heated hot tub, because I guess there that's a, a thing at Airbnbs. You have to request the, the hot tub is heated. Apparently it's so. not its default state. <laughs> Yeah. Can we have I the think... can we have the hot tub in hot mode, please? Yeah. So, so yeah, what are... um we've had a couple days to recover from that. What are yeah. I guess let's talk about like what are some things you took away from that? Maybe talk about like I think it would be good to get into maybe a couple of things that you saw as gaps of knowledge for people, things that maybe you had to explain that you weren't expecting to have to explain in as much of detail. Um, just stuff like that. Some, some talk about some reflections. There might not have been any, that's just things that come to my mind. Is that like, there's always certain things. Well, I know person based on my experience of, you know, knowing you and talking with you for so long, there are <laughs> oftentimes things that you think people should know or that are yes. obvious to you that are not yes. obvious to the group. So maybe if you can think of any examples of that, not to put you on the spot or anything. Well, I, I, strangely enough, I think some of the things are, are what do I consider very foundational? So it's a, it's actually just a, an awareness of, of just general anatomy. I think that, I think that's always a challenge for people. I think the big stuff is easy. And then the, the deeper you go, you start to recognize the fact that, oh, I don't really know where such and such is. Therefore, I don't know what its influence is. And, and so I think there's a lot of that. So if we were to talk about, oh, a foot position and such, it's like just having a recognition of what is the, the, the structures that would be influenced. And you think about where, where muscles actually are and where they're attached kind of matters when you're trying to figure out movement because I, I have certain influences that would be either in play or, or not based on where something attaches. So for instance, like flexor hallucis longus is, is a muscle that's going to influence all the way into the toe where, you know, something else might be attached more proximally and not be an influence to, to that degree. And so we have to take those, those things into consideration. So I think, I always think that that's a big challenge. What I would recommend for people in this circumstance is to not trying to sit there and memorize anatomy. However, what I would do is it like the way you discover anatomy is ask a question, try to solve a problem. And then you start to recognize like where the anatomy is, what it might actually be influencing. 
you know, we, we talked about like knee positions and elbow positions and just recognizing, well, what actually crosses the knee joint? What actually crosses the elbow joint? Where are they attached? If they attach in a certain place, what type of an influence would they, would they provide? And then we can start to see the, the turns that would be influenced because um, a lot of the anatomy, um, it, 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 the way the way it is taught tends to be this, this sort of like this rote kind of a thing, and then it, it's learned out of context, and so it's not very meaningful. And then when you do yeah. try to call it up in context, you're going, ah, uh, you know. But that's the time to look. That's when you actually should look at the anatomy. It's like define a problem, ask a question, and then try to solve the problem, and then. The, the anatomy tends to get a little bit more sticky uh, in that circumstance. So I think that's yeah. always a challenge for everybody. And, 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 and I'm, I'm myself included. It's like, I am constantly going back and looking at anatomy. Um, one of the great things about apps is because we can, we can create these funky orientations that allow us to see things from different perspectives, but also recognizing the fact that we have to go into the, to the mental model of the map is not the territory. It's like, when I'm looking at an app, that isn't real anatomy. And so we want to look at combinations of things. And so the apps are very helpful to sort of initiate, initiate the, the search for um, how this anatomy may behave. But then we have to look at dissections. We have to look at, you know, isolated elements as we go deeper and deeper and deeper so we can start to see the relationship. So we brought up something at, at the intensive when we look at the, literally the attachments on the calcaneus. And you look at the complexity of the attachments on the calcaneus, and it, what it allows is you to distinguish what is the greatest influence on the position of the calcaneus. It's like just doing that, right? Because everybody says, well, the Achilles comes down and attaches the calcaneus, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and if you leave it at that, it's like you've left so much on the table. Right. Because we've got, we've got multiple attachments that are influential in controlling this position of the calcaneus into ER or IR. So stuff like that, I think, I think that yeah. that's always the big challenge for everybody to, to dig into. But it, like I said, if, if you do it in context, it's a lot more interesting. It's a lot more fun than just trying to sit there and go and look and stare at a muscle. Um, do you, do you find that, I mean, you're, you're like uh dealing with this group of people and you're talking about you're at you're talking about certain subject matters when it comes to like anatomy physiology right. origins insertions and actions and like are you like almost surprised that people don't have the level of knowledge about this stuff or is it you think that people learned it in a certain way that wasn't really useful was more on the rote memorization side and they kind of just tossed it because it doesn't there's there's really no use for a, a lever and pulley dead guy anatomy model in practice doesn't really help with anything um yes yes and no i can tell you how how i learned it which was actually incredibly useful for just reproducing like where things are and what they do so okay. so literally um i made flashcards like my own like i bought a bunch of index cards and muscle by muscle, I drew the anatomy on one side of the card. On the other side, it was like, and back in the olden days, we talked about origins and insertions, and those are just the proximal distal representations of dead guy anatomy, right? So you yeah, do we, still, we still did that in the not so olden days. Okay. Origin, insertion, 
um, action, and then innervation. Yeah. So, so you get the, 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 the nervous system involvement there. And so literally did that for every muscle. Um, and so that was, it was great because I had to go slow. It took time. Like it, it was effortful. One of the things that people aren't willing to do is to commit a, a degree of effort into things. So this was like as analog as it gets. Right. So I was making my own app, if you will. Right. But it was on on no cards, uh, which I'm used to doing because I'm an analog guy living in a digital world. Like I'm a pen and paper. I'm a note card guy all the time. Um, the app stuff is very, very difficult for me to conceptualize. Um, so but again, this was like 100 million years ago when I was a young skull full of mush and didn't Did really you know say 100, 100, 100 million, 100 it's a million long time. It's okay. a long time. It's, I'm really old. Gotcha. <laughs> it, was, it was before you were born, Chris. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, and again, but but it was still, it still has that element of road. It's like, it's like learn, learn, flip, learn, learn, flip the card, learn, learn, flip the card, that kind of a thing. And you can, and, and like I said, as useful as that is, it's still out of context. Sure. And then when it does come to context, now you have to go, ah, you know, what was that? And I saw this with my students too. Like I would challenge them a lot on, on anatomy, like where's such and such, where's such and such. And you kind of get a general idea. It's like, like, oh, Tom, Dick and Harry, which is your deep posterior compartment to the calf, right? Tom, Dick and Harry. Um, they, like, you kind of know where they are, but do you know the orientation from, from medial to lateral as the representation goes? Do you know where they attach and therefore influence foot behaviors? And so little things like that get, get sort of lost in the, in the, in the, um, the lack of application in context. And so you always have, like, it is a continuous uh, reinforcement that, that has to take place. Because I forget stuff all the time. It's like some of it's just age-related decline and just some of it is just distraction and I have other things that I have to think about. Um, so I, I was, I'm always coming back to it, always coming back to it, always coming back to it. And so it's one of those things that you have to, have to keep up or you will lose it. Right. So do you think that, you know, you and I talk a lot about how the intensive has evolved to such a degree that, I mean, even over this last week where this last intensive, we had half of the group being returning. Some people yeah. had even, you know, some people had even been in the room five different times at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But you have that person who's, you know, been clinically practicing with this stuff under their belt for six years, probably at this point. Yep. Uh, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe not six years, maybe more like four years. Um, but Yeah, we're, we're getting close. Yeah. Yeah. 2017, right? Yeah. 2017, 2018. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's possible yeah. that it has been, you know, six well, years for some of these One folks. person was at the first one. So, so we just did 21. Uh, you... We had two, right? two people, two yeah. people that have actually been in the first one. And, and yeah. so, yeah, so they've actually, they've actually seen this, this whole process evolve into something right. that is like so big now that we actually have to, we're probably going to have to make some changes. It's, it's Yeah. Just, so, and we were talking a bit about like how, what becomes like, you, you need to have everyone sort of brought up to speed in a way, if you're going to yeah. have this higher level room. So having yeah. there be like a prerequisite course with the material Correct. that's more like, Closer to the rote side of things when you're talking about learning, a little more like, you know, this packaged information through like infographics and slides and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. But also what you're saying is that maybe there needs to be like some prerequisite work that people 
look into beforehand with some type of like complete what it's a what's the anatomy app that you like to use the complete there's, anatomy there's a couple app? there's a couple three a couple so good ones. like complete anatomy is really good essential uh is, is it uh, essential anatomy and virtual body those would be like the the big three that just pop into my head there's probably others like like yeah. there, and there's others there's others other segment like biomechanics of the spine is 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 another one that's that has but it's just spinal um in its representation so so there's a lot of right. really i mean it's amazing what they can actually do with these things now but but like i said just to reiterate it's it's really important that you understand that that the the exactness is is not like like if you have the opportunity to do a true dissection um um, it's like a like a like a typical cadaver, like a fixed cadaver dissection. Great, um, even better fresh cadaver dissections. Hard to get, very expensive, um, but but always always seeking the next layer of depth in in this regard because some of these attachments that we talk about, um, even at the intensive, it's like they're really complex. Like we we like again people make this assumption that this Achilles tendon is going to have like this one big attachment on the calcaneus and it is much more complex than that. Right. It's just and a rope you, tied to a pulley. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and obviously it's not. And then you say, well, if the calcaneus is this complex, then what is everything else? It's like, yeah, it's kind of like the same boat. You get, you, you really need to look at this. Um, well, let's, you, you know, know just as an example depth. of what, what you're saying, let's talk about like, maybe talk about what the, reality is at the Achilles there and like how it is that like four parts that are kind of like a banana peel situation yeah, so that you, are spiraled. There, yeah, there, right. So you have, you have, you have three, three major segments of, of this Achilles. And like I said, if you were to peel a banana into three segments, it's like, imagine that representation in a twisting format that then attaches to, to um, three different places on, on the Achilles. But, but we can also segment this out to, like medial gastroc, lateral gastroc, and soleus, because they don't attach in the same place. And if we understand about like, like the complexity of this attachment, we can say, oh, the soleus is more of an influence in this representation. Lateral gastroc is going to be more more represented in, in this orientation, and so on. And and especially from a visual representation of a foot on the ground, we get a really strong representation of of where somebody might be relative to early middle or late propulsion because of this, because we understand that as I move, as I move through space, I move forward through space in contact with a medium that's propulsion. Okay. So that's how you define propulsion. I can start to see how one would be more influential in a, in a representation. Therefore I can identify the representation literally by the position of the rear foot. Yeah. And it, it will help people because a lot of people, I think, want to try to make this jump from anatomy as we traditionally understand it to like iterative anatomy. That is something that like right. you talk about a lot in the, yeah. your coursework, uh, yeah. which is not going to be found in a lot of other places. But a lot of that yeah. just involves you having a really like really good working knowledge of all of these, like the true orientation of muscles and where they attach, and then being right. able to look at how these sort of orientations and twists and turns happen in other parts of the body. So like the gastroc soleus, three parts, banana peel into the Achilles can be seen in other places. And, you know, specifically thinking like that uh, above that, you see that in like the lats. Is that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you have like, yeah. you have like the, the three, the parts of the lat, which actually end up sort of twisting and turning 
and being laid down on the rib cage and <laughs> inserting into the pelvis, <laughs> running all Correct. the way down to the the calcaneus of the pelvis. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we we actually we actually showed showed that that representation um, last week. Um, and and it's and it's quite clear when you when you like take all the other pieces parts that sort of interfere with that view, you can actually see it very very clearly that it is the same. Yeah. Um, but but again, if you didn't if you didn't understand the foundational representation, you don't know what you're looking at. Right. So, so that makes, would be it makes you life know, easier. And I'm sure you've talked about this before, but I think it would be good just to kind of put this in this episode would be like, what are the things? So the course before the course before the course, if we're talking about that, it's like the the work that you need to do. There's certainly some of this stuff would be covered in your <laughs> studies, undergraduate studies, graduate studies, yeah. PT school, yeah. you know, uh, going to courses and stuff like that. But it's like understanding base the basic laws of physics probably newtonian physics would be one thing to, yeah you don't have to get to too know. wild and crazy you don't yeah, have to get too wild basic. and crazy it's like, it's like like newton solves a lot of problems for you right where you get into some of like the relativity is is time uh, yeah. involved and then the, the which well, is good about, to know yeah. basically well, like time we talk space, about relative movement we have to we right. talk about relative movement because because there is a relativity to it. It's like, but you don't have to like dig into Einstein's equations or anything like that to, to understand conceptually that it's like, oh, I have a representation where things seem to move together or things seem to move separately. And, it, and that, is, that is the distinguishing characteristic between relative motions yeah. and orientations. And so, yeah. so but that, that, that's a, I would say it's a relatively simple concept to, to understand without the math, because I'm not a big fan of the math anyway. Um, we don't have to, right. we don't have to do we don't have to do calculations we just have to understand the the meaning behind certain things like when we talk about momentum and we talk about torque and things like Impulse. that it's like i don't need you to be able to calculate those things what i need you to understand is that oh we have we have we have a, a force that's being applied you know in in rotation that would be that would be my my torque representation. yeah i mean understanding so, what force is understanding what power is understanding the rate dependent aspects of physics yeah, uh, vector, you know, the, vectors are, are are probably like the the elephant in the room, right? If you don't understand what a vector is, you're going to be a little lost because we have all these resultant behaviors that are associated yeah. with with triangulation and and rotations, right? I, and I think it's a, a a big, I think a a tripping a tripping up point for a lot of people comes from not being able to progress their thinking to higher dimensions. So being stuck in a very 2D representation of like yeah. joint. A good example would be like throwing a goniometer on someone and taking a joint measurement being a very 2D representation of something. Very much so. Might be useful, but very, very limited in what you can kind of glean from it. And then a three, even a three-dimensional model on a table where you're actually understanding the turns that take place in order to get into a joint position could be useful, but also sort of limited when you really need to look at things one step above in a four-dimensional model, which takes into account your position in time and space. Right. Yeah. So, so that, you could have yeah. you could have a segment. So you could have two segments. And in fact, this is that this is actually like like what happens. You would have two segments that are both moving in the same direction at different rates, and yet one segment would appear to move in the opposite direction. That's that that's a huge point of confusion when we're when we're talking about moving through moving forward through space in contact with a medium, because there is a relative timing difference, but all things are moving in the same direction. Yeah. Right? And so then you get people that are doing 
Well, yeah, but but you get you get you get people that are doing things that they say, well, the spine's turning this way, and then the pelvis is turning this way, and it's like, no, they're both turning the same direction, just at different rates. And so yeah. again, that that is your your perception. <clears throat> and and but the the problem that that arises from this is that the solutions, the attempts at solution, are incorrect because the representation, uh, or, or the the perception is incorrect. Right. So it just, you lay some on the table, measure external rotation of the shoulder and think that everything is externally rotating with just <laughs> this point of rotation at the glenohumeral joint when that's not Correct. really what's happening. It's yeah. Like just because you say moving... shoulder rotation doesn't mean that the movement that's, that's resultant of that is associated with, with that joint. Right. And that, and that's, so that's, and that's a, that's a bitter pill to swallow <laughs> because that's how it's taught. And then again, if 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 that is my perce perception, is that I am measuring a shoulder when when that happens, if I can't distinguish as to where that that motion is occurring, and I and I resolve myself to the fact that okay, this is this is shoulder range of motion, and that there's a limitation. Again, this the my attempts at a solution often fail because that wasn't the problem to begin with. So so again, right. I'm I'm trying to apply a, 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 again a, a solution that just doesn't fit the situation. Yeah, and I think understanding too, we, we talk about like a lot of, we've talked a lot about like what, when you're doing table testing, what the table and what people are doing as movement behaviors and reactions to the table kind of change mm -hmm. the way that you measure. So it's yes. like understanding, understanding that as well. It's like what, yeah. what given the, the time and the space that this person is actually in, or they're able to like sort of roll into or orient into is causing yes. your measures to be, you know, dirty measures versus yes. like yeah. everyone measuring the same hip the same way, no matter where it is, you know, that's never how it's going to happen. Uh, correct. And, and yeah. And so, so then this is the statement that I, that I always make, especially at the intensive is like, you have to become reliable with yourself. You have to, you have to develop some measure of consistency in the way that you do things and, and enough because all measures are dirty. It's like, I, I have, I have pictures that are that are actually superimposed of a measurement, and you can you can see the 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 movement of the entire system. If you're just if just rotating a shoulder, you can see the entire body moving through space as the shoulder is moving. And then to say that that it's disconnected from the from the rest of the of the system would be grossly incorrect. It's like every time you're taking a measurement, you're taking a systemic measure. This is this is why we go through the assessment process like we do, because you by looking at all of the other measures, you can actually determine where the motion is actually coming from versus just making the assumption like, OK, I'm moving the shoulder. I'm measuring the shoulder. Yeah. OK, so basic physics. So we're talking like we're still talking about like the stuff, the prerequisite information before the prerequisite course to the <laughs> intensive model. <laughs> But no, this is so this is why like this is something that is the going to the intensive. It's it requires you to be like someone who has a degree in, you know, health, kinesiology, yeah. you know, exercise yeah. physiology, uh, physical therapy, chiropractic, yeah. like that sort of stuff. Like and mm -hmm. it also requires you to have this sort of working knowledge of these things to just be at like that foundational level. So the right. basic understanding of fundamental principles of physics, yeah. uh, some type of like understanding of anatomy like where things yep. attach like approximately how things are oriented in the body and what they do <laughs> and then i would say like you should have some working knowledge of 
physical therapy testing. So like table testing, even if you don't do it in your day to day, like you having some uh, working knowledge of like what all of these measures are traditionally Correct. meant to show. Tradition and and that's fine. It's like it's like yeah. if you understand the and and we and we make reference to that. So we always distinguish between like a traditional representation versus something that's probably a little bit more closer to reality. Sure. Yeah. But I yeah, I'm just thinking about like if if you were if you were totally green to this thing and you walked into the first day of the intensive, what are the things that are just like expected to that you you would know? And I think those are I think I've named them all. I don't know if you can think of anything um, else. You have to dip into a little bit of the physiology associated with energy production. That's going to be that's going to be okay. helpful. A little bit of it, like the mechanical element of of, of breathing, because again, that's going to be that's going to be mentioned because it is it yeah. is a, it is an influence. Right. And so, so and again, perhaps some of that some falls towards like exercise physiology book. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, we, we talk about that on the application. It's like, hey, you should probably have this level of understanding of physiology and anatomy before you try to walk in the door, because, again, you're, you're going to be lost otherwise. Right. Yeah. So though, let's yeah. yeah. So this is this, this is, is more not, for like this has this has never been this has never been the first course that somebody would ever want to take. Right. So that that's kind of what I'm trying to direct this conversation conversation towards is like what would be like the first courses to take or like yeah. what would be the things that a a practitioner that wants to learn this model would almost have to like go back to refresh yeah yeah and that would be like yeah. you know it, that would that would be the basic physics that would be the anatomy stuff and that would be some yeah. form of like understanding exercise physiology and then assessment in more of the traditional yeah. And you just need exposures. You need exposures to it. So like if we said shoulder external rotation, you knew what we would mean when we talk about shoulder external rotation. Yeah. yeah. So so even yeah. if you don't do it, having done a few of them is helpful. Yeah. Well, if you if you're a if you're a strength and conditioning coach and you don't do table tests and you go, ah, I don't need to understand the tables, you should understand the table tests actually. So how are you gonna communicate if you're on a staff, especially if you're on a staff yeah. and there's multiple there's multiple departments within that that staff that's that's dealing with performance. It's like and, and somebody walks in the door and says, Hey, is is ER, IR this and this and this? It's like you should have a general understanding of what that means. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise you're you're sort of flying blind, and that now you have a barrier in communication that eventually becomes a, a little bit of a sticking point because the athlete's going to get be the guy stuck in the middle of it between the the rehab and performance side. Yep. Okay, I think we covered basically everything I wanted to cover. Uh, if be like, I mean, do we want to tell people to be on the lookout for um, some opportunities? coming in this year for like the prerequisite stuff you're putting you're putting you're putting a time constraint on me well we're gonna do it this year bill <laughs> it's gonna be this year you know it has to be this it has to be this year it has to be this we're, year. we're bringing it to you <laughs> i'm not making i'm not making you go anywhere for this you just have to you just gotta park you gotta give me you gotta get to the omni hotel that's what you gotta everybody's, do everybody's everybody's coming to my house <laughs> Come, yeah, forty people sitting in sitting in the house. Hey, we've done that. We've done that. We've had. You, 40 I mean, you could here. if iFast is is actually fixed. You could do it at the. If you could do it at iFast. If it's fixed, that's funny. You'll have you'll have room, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I guess Wait, you we'll have probably, to whatever yeah. the whatever Saturday and Sunday schedule is for the basketball. Yeah, we'll stuff. just we'll scale it. We'll scale it up for for the um, those people. Uh, all right, goodbye everybody. If we if I haven't cut this video yet. <laughs> um so yeah, let me let me stop this and then